Hello and welcome to the Encouraging Angels podcast with Stan Szymanski. I'm your host, Stan Szymanski. Today is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023, and I have a great show for you today. Neither Encouraging Angels nor Stan Szymanski nor anyone affiliated with Encouraging Angels is offering any type of advice on this program. We do not offer medical advice. We do not offer legal advice. We do not offer financial advice. We do not offer personal advice of any kind. Please consult a professional in the area of your need or interest. Everything presented is for entertainment and informational purposes only. I want to share with you a story I found this morning entitled, Handcuffed and Sent to the ER for Misbehavior. Schools are sending more kids to the hospital. And in case you uh, have not surmised yet, you know, the majority of these kids actually are black kids and especially disabled kids. And my overarching reason for sharing this story is that if you are a caregiver of a disabled child, I, I encourage you, and again, I'm not giving personal advice to anybody because I don't know your situation. But if it's possible, I, in light of the, what I'm going to share today, I really think it's important to consider if there's any way, any way at all to, you know, get a kid out of these schools to do some kind of homeschooling um, uh, or something else. Um, let me share the story with you because it's so troubling. Handcuffed and sent to the ER for misbehavior. Schools are sending more kids to the hospital. And this, this is on AP. And this was by Annie Ma of the Associated Press and Meredith Kalodner of the Heckinger Report. Updated 12.05 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, December 5th, 2023. Salisbury, Maryland, AP. Three times a week, on average, a police car pulls up to a school in Wicomico County on Maryland's eastern shore. A student is brought out, handcuffed, and placed inside for transport to a hospital emergency room for a psychiatric evaluation. Over the past eight years, the process has been used at least 750 times. Some are as young as five years old. Uh, comment here. This is just in, the, you know, Wicomico County on Maryland's eastern shore. This is not all over the country. So just in that county, 750 times over the past eight years. Some were as young as five years old. Back to the article, the state law that allows for these removals, known as Petitions for Emergency Evaluation, is meant to be limited to people with severe mental illness who are endangering their own lives or safety or someone else's. It's the first step toward getting someone involuntarily committed to a psychiatric hospital. 
But advocates say schools across the country are sending children to the emergency room for psychiatric evaluations in response to behaviors prompted by bullying or frustration over assignments. The ER trips, they say, often follow months and sometimes years of their needs not being met. Black students are more frequently subject, subjected to these removals than their peers, according to available data. Advocates point to students with disabilities also being removed at higher rates. Quote, schools focus on keeping kids out rather than keeping kids in, unquote, said Dan Stewart, managing attorney at the National Disability Rights Network. Quote, I think that's the fundamental crux of things, unquote. Schools in Wicomico County agreed not to misuse emergency petitions as a part of a 2017 settlement with the U.S. Department of Justice. But while the number of suspensions and expulsions declined, mandated trips to the emergency room ticked up. Last year, children were handcuffed and sent to the emergency room at least 117 times from Wicomico schools, about once per every 100 students, according to data obtained from public records requests to the Wicomico County Sheriff's Office. At least 40% were 12 or younger. More than half were black children, even though a little more than a third of Wicomico public school children are black. In interviews, dozens of students, parents, educators, lawyers, and advocates for students with disabilities in Wicomico County said a lack of resources and trained staff combined with a punitive culture in some schools are behind the misuse of emergency petitions. One Wicomico mom who asked for anonymity because she feared retaliation from the school, recalled the terror she felt when her son's schools called and said they were going to have him assessed for a forced psychiatric hospitalization. When she arrived at the school, she said her son was already in handcuffs. He was put in the back of a police car and taken to the hospital. Quote, he said his wrist hurts from the handcuffs, unquote, the mother said. Quote, he was just really quiet, just sitting there, and he didn't understand why he was in the hospital, unquote. The practice isn't just happening in Wicomico. Recent data shows New York City schools still call police to take children in emotional distress to the emergency room despite a 2014 legal settlement in which they agreed to stop the practice. A Kentucky school district was found to have used a psychiatric assessment on kids more than 1,000 times in a year. In Florida, thousands of school-aged children have been subjected to the Baker Act, 
the state's involuntary commitment statute. In a settlement with the Education Department's Office of Civil Rights, the Stockton Unified School District in California agreed to protocols that require other interventions before referring students with disabilities for psychiatric evaluation. In Maryland, Wicomico uses emergency petitions more often per capita than almost every other Maryland school district where data is available. Baltimore City, for example, last year had 271 emergency petitions from schools compared with Wicomico's at least 117, according to data, obtained from law enforcement agencies through public record requests. But Baltimore's student population is five times as large. I mean, here's a kid says, you know, after he, after he, I'm going to, there's a lot more to this article. You know, we claim fair use of of using what we did. Um, I'm just jumping down. Here's a kid who was, you know, pulled out because he's, he, you know, he's got some anger issues. Uh, He apparently had autism, uh, ADHD. He's years behind uh, in reading. Uh, But, and he got, you know, sent to the hospital in the back of a sheriff's car, uh, apparently. And he said after that, he went from angry to terrified. Every time he saw the police, he would start panicking. So there's a lot of negative repercussions from this thing. Uh, You know, educators are stretched thin. There's no doubt about that. All of them had to take the jab. There's no doubt that so many have left because of uh, disability and even death. Um. Yeah, here's a, a quote. Quote, the civil rights of children is at stake because it's more likely it's going to be black kids and kids with disabilities who are subjected to all kinds of biases that deny them an educational opportunity, unquote. Um, there was one other. Thing I wanted to share. And I, I think I'm, I I missed it here. You have to excuse me, please. I mean, they're basically just saying it's easier. I mean, it, oh, I, that's because I had pulled up another article. There's another article. They reference the Baker Act. In the article, the AP article that I was reading from, I also have the AP article up on encouragingangels.org. But uh, in the link to the Baker Act, there is an article from 2019, and then where they say, I just wanted to pull up this one statement from that article, and it says, it's cheaper and easier for school districts to yield to law enforcement than to upgrade their staffs. Uh, who was formerly, this woman was uh, formerly directed the state's Baker Act program. I mean, that is, yeah, I mean, a lot of these people, they get trained for a few hours, apparently. And you can click on the link in the AP article 
that where the Baker Baker Act is hypertexted, and that'll take you to this Tampa Bay Times article from about uh, four years ago. And uh, I mean, these these kids are being removed. With you know, they're not even consulting the parents, put in the back of a cruiser, and taken to a hospital, you know, for psychiatric evaluation. Now, uh, are there you know, some kids that would need that? Probably, you know, I'm sure that's why this uh, was originally enacted. But uh, you know, this act that's linked, or this uh, this Baker Act, this story again, it's in the AP article where it says Baker Act. It's hypertexted. I mean, there's a a splash picture of a mother and a son. It says he was committed when he was 11 after telling a joke. Committed. Committed to an institution for telling a joke. You know, folks who are in the community, you know, I'd say that's black community. That's the way I say, um, you know, they have had to deal with a lot. And then we've got the disabled community. And the folks who I can just tell you, because that's my, you know, I'll say that's my community. You know, again, we, for those of you who don't know who might be listening, um, you can look on encouragingangels.org and see our story and our story about our daughter and, you know, in the trailer to our movie. You know, my wife and I did eight and a half years of ICU level care in our home for our daughter. We know a little bit about disability. I also co-developed a therapy that added five, almost five years to my daughter's life. Um, I can tell you this is that people who don't have someone disabled in their home, whether they were growing up or, you know, or as the parent, uh, they don't know. There's a lot of things to understand about the baseline of someone who's disabled. And they're all different. And to take someone and just commit them at such a young age, uh, I can only imagine the trauma and the mark upon them. But this system gets paid to do things like this. So, I mean, if it were me, and again, I am not offering personal advice or any kind of advice to anyone about anything, but I look at this, and if it were me and my kid, I mean, we, I'm not going to go into what happened, but there was uh, uh, just skullduggery at a, uh, an institution where my daughter was attending, and... Uh, when I brought it up to them, they banned me from coming back into school. And then, uh, you know, I had to uh, I had to write them a letter about what they were, you know, engaged in. And we pulled our daughter out of that institution. It can be done. You know, and we fought for and got all of the therapies that she needed. Because my daughter could not walk, could not talk. Um, you know, could not toilet herself, could not transfer from chair to bed, etc. She really couldn't do all the things of daily living. 
but we fought for and got, um, you know, speech therapy and um, um, vision therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, all that stuff. We had them come to come to our home where we observed everything. And we were the boss. So I, I can't tell anyone what to do. I just bring this to light and, uh, you know, um, share with you a little bit about us. And I look at this and I just can't, you know, imagine that, you know, yes, a, a teacher might not be equipped to handle a special needs kid. Uh, because they're not a special needs teacher. But, uh, you know, they did sign up for it. But um, it just increasingly looks, um, you know, like putting your kid into a public school is just horrific. Horrific to me. Where they're, they're handcuffing children and taking them away. That does not sound like an education to me. And kids who are disabled, I mean, their needs and abilities to receive an education is very different than, quote, a, you know, again, quote, normal, unquote, child, in my humble estimation and observation. I, I just think the the best, again, I'm only speaking for me, the best thing, if it were me, to pull, you know, my kid out of there, which is what we did. Uh, this is just, I mean, troubling to read these stories. Troubling, troubling. That this is where people are. Maybe it's, it's judgment for a country that over the past 50 years has killed 70 million plus children, you know, through abortion, that this is the kind of people you get to take care of your kids. I don't know. All I can say is <laughs> really consider trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and ask him to protect you, provide an answer, save you from your sin and for you to be obedient to him. Because this kind of stuff, I mean, what's next? What Seriously, what's next? Is it just fences and barbed wire and your kid will never come home? I don't know. I don't know. Please consider supporting Encouraging Angels. You can go to the donate page. If you find value in this podcast, if you find value in the writing that appears on Encouraging Angels, if you find value in all the other things that we do and have done, and the message, message, music, message, and testimony, if you find value in that, uh, please consider supporting Encouraging Angels. Go to www.encouragingangels.org 
And please, uh, you can give using your plastic card on the, at the Cornerstone link that's right there, or you can send something to um, our P.O. box. Well, if this story that I shared today wasn't bad enough for you, you know, consider, in addition, that your government has not provided any type of civil defense, unlike many other countries. They do have FEMA camps for you. Um, some people uh, have called them fun camps. I don't think you're going to have a lot of fun if you go there. So I would ask you to please, please take a look at the resource that Jack Lawson has put together called Civil Defense Manual at civildefensemanual.com. Do you know how to put together a neighborhood protection team? Jack teaches you. Uh, do you know about communications? Do you know about communications uh, in the uh, absence of a lot of electricity? You know, NC Scout wrote the chapter on that. Bad things happen at night. Matt Bracken, Navy SEAL, wrote the chapter on night fighting. Do you know what's going on around you? Sam Culper uh, wrote the chapter on area study. And then there's all the information in there about water, food, you know, nuclear survival skills, and so forth, uh, in one place. It's a 950-page resource, two volumes. It's $100. In my humble opinion, it's worth it. Please take a look at it at civildefensemanual.com. This is the Encouraging Angels podcast. I'm Stan Samansky. And I look forward to seeing you right here next time.